0: Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning, with your host, Gordon Deal. The extradition of Fat Leonard. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka. It is Thursday, December 21st. Glad you're with us. Here's what we have for you this hour.
1: Venezuela has turned over the man at the center of a Navy scandal. As well as 10 Americans, Washington released an ally of Venezuela's president.
0: No changes to southern border policy and no supplemental funding for Ukraine after senators went home for the year.
1: Colorado might not be the only state blocking Donald Trump from being on the ballot. Hear what's happening in Michigan and Minnesota.
0: And are you a Henry? That's an acronym for high earner. Not rich
2: yet.
3: The bar to feel wealthy or rich is increasingly out of reach. What used to be, say, $1 million is now closer to $5 million, And that's what people say that they think they would need if they wanted to feel rich.
0: Jessica Dickler at CNBC on high earners who don't feel they have enough net worth. U.S. has conducted what it calls an exchange with Venezuela that involves 10 Americans and a fugitive from justice. Venezuela turned over to the U.S., a man at the center of a Navy bribery scandal known as Leonard Francis or the nickname Fat Leonard. He's a Malaysian businessman who fled the U.S. last year just weeks before he was scheduled to be sentenced for his role in a sweeping corruption scheme. Some of the Americans who were freed by Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's government have landed at the U.S. military base in San Antonio, Texas. One of them is Savoy Wright, a 38-year-old California businessman snatched after President Biden rolled back oil sanctions on Venezuela.
2: So much gratitude for, for the moment, for the United States of America, for, for all of you, and, and for the... The opportunity to come
0: home the individuals were freed wednesday in an exchange for the u.s release of an ally of maduro colombian businessman alex saab who was granted clemency by president biden and returned to venezuela yesterday the u.s has not revealed the identities of all of the released prisoners former president trump wants the supreme court to avoid deciding right away whether he has broad immunity for actions he took challenging the 2020 election results. We get more from this morning's Mike
2: Gavin. A court filing yesterday was in response to special counsel Jack Smith's request asking the Supreme Court to circumvent the normal appeals court process and quickly decide on Trump's immunity. Smith says it's critical for it to proceed on time if the former president's claim of immunity is rejected. Trump lawyers argue the request created the compelling appearance of partisan motivation, with the greatest electoral threat to President Biden facing a months-long criminal trial at the height of his presidential campaign.
0: Gordon. Thank you, Mike. Trump's lawyers raised several issues with Smith's request, arguing in part that the government lacks legal standing to appeal a ruling in its favor. They also reiterated that the indictment returned by a federal grand jury in August charges Trump with acts of political speech and advocacy while he was still in the White House. As you may have heard, former President Trump was ruled ineligible to be president under the 14th Amendment by the Colorado Supreme Court on Tuesday. But Colorado may not be the last state to rule against Trump. Here to set the scene is Jack Burley, reporter at the Washington Examiner. Jack, what did you look at?
4: There are a lot of challenges uh, to Trump's eligibility on the ballot. And in especially two of these states, Michigan and Minnesota, um, there have been really advanced kind of cases with these um, in both instances, uh, the court has ruled that Trump can remain on the primary ballot, unlike in Colorado. But in Minnesota, their Supreme Court took it up and they said he can't be on the uh, he can be on the primary ballot. But come back to us about the general, because they didn't actually talk about whether or not he would be eligible for the presidency. And then the Michigan one, they uh are still appealing it right now. So far, they, all the appeals courts have ruled that Trump can remain on the ballot. The Michigan Supreme Court is going to take that up next. Um, they've appe- The uh, liberal group that is suing to have Trump off the ballot has recently appealed to that
0: high court. Wow. Okay. So this, uh, this liberal group in Michigan, uh, free speech for people, they argue what here, Jack?
4: So basically, they argue that Trump is ineligible under the um, Fourteenth Amendment, specifically the Insurrection Clause, which was uh, enacted mainly after the Civil War to prevent people who committed insurrection against the United States um, with the Civil War from uh, being able to be elected to office. Um, and that uh, question does not actually come before the U.S. Supreme Court, but it's working its way right now through these lower courts. And this group essentially argues that January 6th, the Capitol riot was an insurrection and they argue that Trump uh, led that insurrection and therefore under the 14th Amendment he should not be able to run.
0: We're speaking with Jack Burley, breaking news reporter at the Washington Examiner. His piece is called Trump's ballot battle, states that could follow Colorado's lead and try to block the former president in 2024. All right, so what about Minnesota? Is it it's a, it's a similar, similar proposal, similar challenge?
4: Yeah, so with Minnesota, the primary challenge has actually already been exhausted, and the Minnesota Supreme Court said no, he can remain on the primary ballot, but they did not rule on the general ballot. They basically argued that since the primary just determines who the nominee is going to be, it's not actually electing the president. Um, it's a different question. So they kind of said, you know, you come back with once the general election is around and if Trump's on the general election ballot and ask this question. But the court left the door open for it to be a potential problem for Trump if he is indeed the Republican nominee.
0: Wow. I assume that uh, the Trump campaign or... Trump himself will try to get these overturned or will appeal to a higher court like the Supreme Court? Is that where all of these might head?
4: Yeah, so the current uh, Colorado case looks like they're going to certainly appeal this to the Supreme Court because uh, the court in Colorado placed a stay on its own ruling until January 4th, pending an appeal to the Supreme Court, which they assume uh, the trump campaign will do which they have not done it yet but it looks like they'll probably do it before that january 4th date um and the supreme court's never actually ruled on uh, section three of the 14th amendment which has to do with the insurrection clause uh so it'll be interesting to see what the supreme court does it's expected that they will allow trump
5: to be on the
0: ballot goodness all right so uh, several other states are involved here also even if they're not as advanced as say Uh, a Colorado or a Michigan or a Minnesota, right? What are they up to?
4: Yeah, so there's a bunch of other lawsuits um, in Wisconsin, Oregon, Virginia, New Mexico, New York, uh, all citing similar reasons, and they're kind of in the preliminary uh, stages. Courts in Florida and New Hampshire and Rhode Island have thrown out challenges um, citing the 14th Amendment, so a lot of these states haven't kind of taken these challenges seriously, thrown them out. Some of them have been voluntarily dismissed. Um, But the three, really, Minnesota, Michigan and Colorado are the most advanced uh, so far, whether they've been decided or they're pending appeal.
0: Thanks, Jack. Jack Burley, reporter at The Washington Examiner. Coming up next, no deal on Ukraine funding and immigration changes. Hey, everyone, it's Gordon Deal here to talk about some of the most fun you can have if you love sports, and that's with Prize Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You pick more than or less than on a handful of player projections and watch the winnings roll in. For example, mix and match football and basketball. Maybe your entry is Christian McCaffrey for more than 99 yards rushing and Jason Tatum for fewer than eight rebounds. If you know your stuff, you can turn 10 bucks into $250 with just a few taps. My friends and I love it. To get started and have your first deposit matched up to $100, go to prizepicks.com deal and use code DEAL. Also, if a player you pick gets injured and leaves the game, PrizePicks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Your player is rebooted. prizepicks.com deal and use the code DEAL. That's prizepicks.com deal and the code DEAL. Again, prizepicks.com slash DEAL and code DEAL. This is America's First News, preparing you for the day ahead with headlines and in-depth analysis. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for joining us. Welcome into Thursday. There will be no border policy agreement before the end of the year, which also means a holdup for any further aid for Ukraine. The Senate departed Washington yesterday for its holiday recess, even as party leaders said the talks remain on the right track. The reason? Any deal is just too complicated to hash out quickly. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby.
2: It's really
5: important that in January we can move forward with some kind of supplemental funding for them uh, because uh, the fighting's not going to stop.
0: A bipartisan group of Senate negotiators has been working for weeks to strike a deal on the southern border, demanded by Republicans as a condition for their support of the Democrats' $111 billion package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Leaders of both parties say they'll plan to vote on a deal early in the new year. The Senate wrapped up its final business for the year Tuesday by confirming a slate of four-star generals and admirals and passing a short-term reauthorization of the Federal Aviation Administration. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Kashenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The U.S.
1: has freed a close ally of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro in exchange for the release of 10 Americans imprisoned in the South American country and the return of a fugitive defense contractor known as Fat Leonard, who is at the center of a massive Pentagon bribery scandal. The American detainees, including Avon Hernandez, were back on U.S. soil late Wednesday.
2: Well, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. I'm sorry, I can't even speak. Um, I'm incredibly grateful
6: to be home.
1: The deal represents the Biden administration's boldest move yet to improve relations with the major oil producing nation and to extract concessions from Maduro.
0: Number two. The
1: U.S. says serious negotiations are taking place on a new Gaza truce and the release of more Israeli hostages. But prospects remain uncertain after Hamas's leader reportedly rejected the prospect of a temporary pause during talks in Cairo yesterday. Meanwhile, Israeli forces say they've uncovered a network of tunnels in Gaza City with entrances connected to the houses of Hamas leaders. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby reiterated the U.S.'s stance.
5: The right number of civilian casualties is zero. We don't want to see any more innocents killed or wounded, either on the Israeli side
1: or certainly uh, in, in Gaza. The U.N. Security Council again postponed a meeting to discuss calls for urgent humanitarian pauses in Gaza.
0: Number three. More
1: than 25 million people across Southern California are under flood alerts today as an atmospheric river threatens to dump heavy rains that could trigger travel delays and road closures ahead of the holiday weekend. This Burbank resident hopes fellow drivers take it easy.
0: We're famous for not being able to drive in the rain, let's just say. Uh, people do kind of lose their, lose their minds in the rain. A lot of people pretend that it's not raining. And other people pretend it's raining so much that they go too slow. So it's, it's a bit of a driver's uh, training course, but, you know, we get through it.
1: Rainfall totals of 2 to 5 inches are likely in most of Southern California, while 5 to 10 inches of rain are possible below foothills and coastal slopes. Well, in the end, nothing could top Barbie. The smash hit end of the year as the highest grossing film of 2023, having raked in more than $1.4 billion since hitting theaters in July. It's the first time in years that a non-sequel has topped the year-end box office. Number two was a Super Mario Bros. movie, while Oppenheimer rounded out the top three. With its nine hundred fifty-one million dollar haul.
0: By the way, just a quick, quick personnel note. Since, since I think we're running out of time to do this, uh, Jennifer is retiring at the end of the year. So this is probably one of our final on-air be. moments together. It might be as we as we bring in uh, Nicole Murray. Uh, I just want to say it's been so much fun for the last nine years to work with you directly as my friend my colleague, my Rutgers insider, <laughs> uh, a former sports broadcasting partner in a previous life. I wish you all. Well. I'm going to miss you. Thank you. Miss Thank you so much. Good working with you. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Glad you're with us. More people today may identify as Henry's or high earners, not rich yet. A new report finds that the feeling of being wealthy is just increasingly elusive. Here's Jessica Dickler at CNBC. Jessica, your findings
3: Okay, so there, there's a couple interesting surveys out that caught my eye recently. One was looking at what it takes to feel wealthy, and the very few number of people that actually do consider themselves pretty well off, only 14% of Americans would consider themselves wealthy these days. That's from an Edelman Financial Engines report that came out recently. And the bar to feel wealthy or rich is increasingly out of reach. What used to be, say, 1 million is now closer to 5 million. and that's what people say that they think they would need if they wanted to feel rich
0: wow need like uh, in terms of annual earnings or need in terms of a retirement savings account
3: yeah need in terms of what their net worth would be okay. um to feel well off most people say when it comes to annual salary that they would need almost half a million a year to feel financially comfortable um and you know like they were doing well
0: How come the goalposts uh, seemingly have moved here?
3: Well, inflation and higher interest rates have really chipped away at how most people feel about their own financial standing and confidence. Um, And that's really taken a toll on individuals and families, regardless of how much money they have. So that's the other interesting thing that came up in this reporting, is that when people ask themselves what it would take to feel rich, the bar is always just a little bit outside of their reach. Whether they have one million or more, they think they need more than what they have already.
0: Is that just the American way? (laughs) It's it's a little bit the
3: American way. Yeah, that um, a million dollars doesn't get you as much as it used to. Um, Social media has certainly played a role. We're seeing people Uh, live very luxurious lifestyles that feel like those are things that we can't afford. We're buying more, but sort of having less.
0: We're speaking with Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. Her story is called Even High Earners Consider Themselves Not Rich Yet Despite Their Net Worth. (laughs) They get a tag called Henry's high earners, not rich, not yet rich or not rich yet, right? Not rich yet,
3: yet. right.
0: Um, Yeah,
3: that sort of encompasses this feeling of you're just not quite there. I think we called that more like yuppies maybe a generation (laughs) ago, but... (laughs) Now it's just, uh, although yuppies probably did think they were rich, now that just feels increasingly out of reach.
0: Thanks, Jessica. Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. She says historically feeling wealthy has also had strong ties to home ownership. In the aftermath of the COVID pandemic due to skyrocketing housing prices, she says many Americans became house rich, at least on paper. When mortgage rates touched historic lows, those homeowners were also able to refinance, reducing the size of their monthly payments and creating more breathing room in their budgets. 30 minutes now after the hour on this morning, America's First News. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle-Made bedsheets. Miracle-Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle-Made is self-cleaning, self-cooling, luxurious, eco-friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website trymiracle.com/gordon claim your free 3-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle Made products are backed with a 30-day money back guarantee. Again, the website TryMiracle.com slash Gordon. TryMiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding. NASA inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Now, more than ever, where you get your news matters. This is America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Thursday, December 21. Gordon Deal with Jennifer Koshenka and Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. You and Venezuela in a prisoner swap. Trump lawyers want the Supreme Court to take its time ruling on his immunity in the election interference trial. Senators go on break without agreement on border security and or Ukraine funding. Harvard says it's found additional plagiarism problems involving the school's president, who's been under fire for her leadership lately, Saints and Rams in Thursday night football, and how social media helped a Michigan man who wished he still received Christmas cards. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Discover. Discover wants everyone to feel special with live 24-7 customer service. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. The U.S. is experiencing a factory building boom as companies burned by overstretched supply chains during the pandemic reshore some of their operations. Sounds great, but will they be able to find the thousands of workers that are needed? Here's John Kyleman, manufacturing reporter at the Wall Street Journal. John, what's up here?
5: There are uh, dozens of factories that cost a billion dollars or more to build that are going up all over the country, uh, primarily in response to a push by the federal government to bolster the semiconductor and electric vehicle industries in the united states seeing them as sort of central to our future and our national security and so in response uh, you see these gigantic factories going up arizona ohio texas um, new york all kinds of places and uh, the really big ones tend to be in the, the semiconductor industry and in ohio Intel is building two semiconductor factories, which are also known as fabs, uh, at a cost of $20 billion. And they are going to need 3,000 workers Goodness. Uh, when they open their doors. Wow.
0: All right. So, speaking of those workers, where are they coming from?
5: Well, that is the challenge. <laughs> the Semiconductor uh, Industry Association is projecting that uh, there are going to be more than 100,000 jobs. Um, created by the end of the decade in these new fabs and that um, more than half of them are not going to be filled um, given the sort of the current uh, educational and graduation rates. And so Intel, even though their factory is not going to open for another three years at least, um, they are already trying to prime the pump with a educational initiative they designed with the state's community colleges that uh, is meant to give people training that they need to be able to walk in the door and be ready to go Mm -hmm. once uh, the fabs open up and is that going to be enough i guess we'll see Uh, i'm sure that that uh, the efforts will grow more intense as uh, the day grows nearer that these factories are ready to be operational
0: We're speaking with John Kyleman, manufacturing reporter at The Wall Street Journal. His story is called The Mega Factories Are Coming. Now the hustle is on to find workers. I mean, what if there's just not enough workers? What happens at these what happens at these plants?
5: They're going to have a hard time uh, doing what they were designed to do. And the other thing to keep in mind is that there could be a knock on effect of um, factories and other industries that compete for roughly the same pool of workers. And uh, if Intel succeeds, there's concern that smaller factories that maybe aren't able to pay as well or don't have sort of the same name brand that that Intel does, uh, they could be starved of, of workers. Yeah. And there, there's a great deal of concern about that in Ohio. Jeez,
0: I, I thought it was interesting. I, you referenced um, that there is an, like an old school mindset of the old-time assembly lines that some of these newer companies are trying to get out of people's heads. Explain that.
5: Yeah, you know, particularly in uh, states like Ohio, which you've had manufacturing for a long, long time. People remember the days of, I guess, the um, the saying is dark, dirty, and dangerous. Uh, that's the image that they have of factories. And you look at something like a, a modern semiconductor factory it is not that way at all a lot of factories are not that way at all but they have not done a great job in sort of advertising what their workplaces are like and so that image remains and as I was told it's sort of parents and high school guidance counselors who steer kids away from that uh, without really having an accurate picture of, of what it's like today what's pay like these days Pay in Ohio, uh, the the average hourly manufacturing production wage is about 25 bucks. It has gone up, as it has in, in most of the rest of the country, pretty uh, uh, pretty steeply in the last few years because of the labor so- shortage mm-hmm. has been so acute. Uh, Intel is not saying how much they're going to pay at their new plants in Ohio, but uh, elsewhere in the country, the same type of job, they're known as um, technicians, that's going to account for the majority of the jobs there in Ohio. Uh, they make anywhere between fifty dollars and
0: $90,000. Thanks, John. John Kyleman manufacturing reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Coming up next, how much it costs for a house next to Lambeau Field.
2: Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies Advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL.
0: Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Friday Eve. It's time now for the Mic
2: Drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, if I told you there's a real estate listing for a four-bedroom, two-bathroom home with an in-ground pool and a hot tub with an asking price of $699,000, in many parts of the country you might be shaking your head, muttering, yeah, that sounds about right. Now, what if I told you that house was about a football field's length away from the home of the Green Bay Packers? A house listed for sale on Zillow boasts uh, boasts 2,100 square feet and an unobstructed view of Lambeau Field. The description of the home calls it great for entertaining or making some rental income. However, despite its unique location, no rabid cheesehead seems to have scooped it up, as Zillow says it's been on the market for 83 days, despite having been viewed on the site more than 41,000 times. Wow.
0: I know that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I was there for a Packers game years ago, uh, and those houses are very popular for parking. Well, you would think so, or yeah. You can, you know, lay out cash and pay on somebody's front lawn, essentially. Yeah. So, this, I think this, this seems like there's front lawn and side lawn opportunities here yeah. at this house. You're picking up uh, eight games a year, you know, several hundred bucks over the course of a weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying. Between renting out the house itself yeah. and then the lawn for parking, you could probably make up, you know, a lot of the money you're going to spend I on this think. house. That's, that's yeah. what people are trying to say. But for whatever reason, nobody huh.
0: seemed to take the plunge as of yet. Well, pricing often determines that, right? Uh, yeah. How it, often it, you're, yeah, how, how long your house is on the market.
2: Yeah, I mean, my guess my guess is that's probably a little bit high for a house of that size in that uh, market, yeah. you know, despite the fact that it's right across the street from Lambeau Field.
0: I'm no interior design expert, but I looked at some of the photos. Might need a little it's, updating. You know, a little updating. Yeah, it's yeah. got a little 70s feel to it in there.
2: <laughs> Just a tad. And uh, though that price point might be too rich for many home shoppers, it likely wouldn't have been for Kevin's parents in the movie Home Alone. Fans of the movie have long been fascinated with the picturesque home the McAllister family owned in the Chicago suburbs and wondered how Rich, his family must have been to afford it. Now we know the New York Times sought to gauge the McAllisters' wealth with three economists poring over the data, including household incomes of the area, the property value, mortgage rates at the time, taxes, and insurance. And they came up to this conclusion: Uh, assuming the family didn't spend more than 30 percent of their income on housing, they determined that they would have they would have needed to make $305,000 in 1990 to afford the home. That's equivalent to about $665,000. Now, they also said the house would cost around $2.4 million in today's dollars. So what did Kevin's mom and dad do for a living? (laughs) Well, the Times guesses that maybe the mom was a fashion designer because of all the mannequins laying around the house and that the dad was a high-earning businessman. Oh, I don't remember the mannequins, I guess, around the house. Yeah, there's a scene where he winds up dancing with the mannequins to kind of like uh, throw the robbers off the scent. He does it in front of the window to make the robbers think that there's people home at one point. Yeah, that's I think one or two scenes. The mannequins are uh, featured. Got it. Very good. Good story. Thank you, Mike. Now your
0: ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. An all-star team of the world's best journalists bring you the facts each and every morning. This is America's First News, this morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, glad you're with us. Drinking coffee or tea maybe how you start your mornings, but is one healthier for you than the other. When balanced with a healthy diet and lifestyle, both of these drinks have potential health benefits. Both coffee and tea are rich sources of antioxidants, which are compounds that protect our cells from damage caused by free radicals. Free radicals can harm DNA and other cellular components, potentially leading to cancer development. Nicole Andrews, a cancer dietician, says the antioxidants found in coffee and tea neutralize these free radicals reducing the risk of cellular damage. That said, be mindful of stuff you add to those drinks, like added sugars. Syrups and sugar can significantly increase the calorie content of your drink. Consuming excessive added sugars can lead to weight gain over time. And while a splash of cream or milk can enhance the taste and texture of your coffee or tea, overdoing it can contribute to excess calorie intake as well, especially if you use high-fat dairy products. Who uses that stuff? Eight minutes now in front of the hour on This Morning. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The
6: Senate has wrapped up its work for the year without a deal on Ukraine funding or border security. Their reason? Any deal is just too complicated to hash out quickly. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby comments on the importance of the U.S. supporting Ukraine amid its continued defense against Russia. We do support Smaller, more localized, more targeted humanitarian pauses to get hostages out and to get more aid in. Senators are not scheduled to return to Washington until January 8th. A group of Senate and White House negotiators, however, do plan to hold virtual meetings over the holiday break to discuss an emergency foreign aid package. Congress isn't expected to vote on any deal until next month.
0: Number
5: two.
6: Donald Trump's lawyers asked the Supreme Court to avoid making a fast-track decision of whether the former president has immunity from criminal prosecution before an appeals court can examine the case. This news comes in response to special counsel Jack Smith asking the Supreme Court to swiftly decide whether former President Donald Trump is immune from federal prosecution for crimes allegedly committed while he was in office. Trump's lawyers argued in response that Smith has given no compelling reason why the Supreme Court should immediately step in without waiting for the appeals court to act. In the meantime, at least 16 other states currently have pending legal challenges regarding Trump's eligibility to run for office under the 14th Amendment. This includes New York, New Jersey, South Carolina, Wyoming, and more.
0: Number three,
6: A new bill filed in the New York State Assembly could require Chick-fil-A to remain open seven business days a week, breaking their long-standing policy of closing its restaurants on Sundays. The new legislation would require all food services operating at rest stops to be open for business every day. The bill states that publicly owned service areas should use their space to benefit the public. Anything less than seven days per week is a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience for travelers. Let yourself sleep in. Experts say sleeping during the weekend could help prevent heart attacks. A study released by Sleep Health says sleeping more does not fully reverse the effects of sleep deprivation. People who sleep for at least one hour longer on weekends than weekdays are shown to have lower rates of cardiovascular disease.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Pleasure with us. Social media has responded in a big way to an elderly man from central Michigan who made a simple request. 93-year-old Larry Pratt. A U.S. Navy veteran told loved ones last year that he missed getting Christmas cards. His granddaughter posted about it in a Facebook group, and from there, the cards started rolling in. For Christmas this year, the family decided to continue the tradition and shared his info in another group, asking social media users to send him something nice to spread Christmas cheer. As of earlier this week, Mr. Pratt has received more than 600 cards from states all over the U.S., as well as Canada, even Australia. He tapes the cards to the walls and cupboards of his home, which is quickly filling up. He's got a one-bedroom house, so space for cards is running out. His granddaughter told USA Today that Mr. Pratt lost his wife back in 2012, just before Christmas, so December is hard for him. People have also sent gifts like Christmas ornaments, teddy bears, letters, and kind notes. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka, Nicole Murray, and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to this morning, America's First News.